I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Yeah, yeah. It's just the rock and the cooler. Not a day off, but I'm still Ferris Bueller. Winners never lose, so how dare you confuse us? They quote what I spit like Confucius. He say, she say, rumors all day. The rap game is high school and life's a hallway. Hey, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Welcome to the Blackout Tips with Rod and Karen. And we're in the house uh, on a a good afternoon, good night, even um, on Monday. And we went and got a gentleman to be on the show that uh, it's been a while since we had him on. So uh, I was happy that he was able to make it. Uh, it's the homie, comedian, uh, podcaster, uh, and, you know, actor, Chris Lambert. What's up, man? Those, hey, guys, those are three ways to show how much in debt I am. So thanks for uh, <laughs> reminding me. Oh, hey, man. guys. You st- so are you still not making money off of being a comedian yet? I am making money. It's just it's just you just stringing them all together. Mm. and having the the nine to five we we're making it work you know right keep keeping my head above water making making a way when i can uh so that means you can't relate to the magna carta holy grail or what no <laughs> the, the, the closest thing i have to uh a picasso is a poster of uh a dawson's creek poster uh that my dad got for me from the wb store so the trappings of fame and success are not getting to your head and causing you to, you know, doubt yourself and having to deal with, uh, you know, the pressure. No, I still doubt myself, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just I just don't have uh, I don't I don't drive off in a I guess with the Jay Z roll off in like a Rolls Royce or an Aston Martin or Maybach Maybach with the curtains mm-hmm. on the in the back seat. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a weird white woman sticking her face in my face while <laughs> while I was doing my thing. I oh yeah, got to that level yet? We gotta talk about that later on. I I, I wrote that down as one of the topics I would okay. like to discuss. I kind of got into it with somebody on Twitter a little bit um, over Picasso baby, and I you know definitely got to talk about that. Um, what's the last thing you did with your stand up, man? Where's the last place you been? Who you opening for? Anything? The last show that I did was yesterday afternoon which was a brunch show it was a family brunch show at this club uh called levity live in west nyack new york it's about 45 minutes outside of manhattan and it was a show in front of uh families like there were kids in the audience uh i hosted that show and it was it it was pretty cool it was you know are people eating as you're doing your comedy Yes, they're eating brunch. Uh, they're eating eggs benedict and huh. French toast. Good omelet. Uh, Make sure it's stuffed French toast too. I think they just had like the regular standard issue, not the stuff. Do they? Do you stuff. like? Does that distract you at all? Does it keep the audience from being engaged if they're like sitting there, like pass that syrup? Oh, that's funny. Anyway. Well, well, sometimes, I mean, in a club, like in, at Levity Live, the food's really good there. So sometimes it could be distracting. But a couple of days before, I did a show in Jersey City at this bar where they do shows there twice a month. And they knew it was going to be a show. And it was just ridiculous. Uh, it was just not a, not a place to do 
it just wasn't conducive to what you need to be a com to have a good comedy show. So it was it was interesting. I did okay. I mean, I'm surprised nobody's ever like choked to death or some shit. Cause yeah, but she's like laughing and chewing a bunch of food food. down at the same time is dangerous. And my thing is this: if I'm eating, I'm eating, and it's you know you can hear music and stuff, but it's hard to eat and concentrate and like lick your fingers from your chicken wings and snack on your nachos and all that stuff all going on at the same time. Well, usually uh, they they'll get the food out a little early. Like you're you're there. Like the show. That show, no, normally the house opens before the comics get on stage, so by the time you're on stage, they've eaten already. Or on a normal show, like they're probably drinking. You know, it's just like you're two at a club. It's a two drink minimum or two item minimum, so they'll probably, uh, you know, it's it just depends. It just depends. It, usually, it's not really distracting at all, though. Yeah, they probably had like a two egg minimum at brunch. <laughs> yeah, they had a special uh, a special menu. It was it was good. good yeah, they had the, the two ninety nine special. The mimosas was on sale for three dollars. Yeah, it was. You know, it was it was cool. Was anybody else there, or you know, like were anybody like was? Because uh, I remember, you know, last time I talked to you, man, it's Chris Hardwick, Bill Burr. You know, this time was who who was there? On that show, it was a comedian named Andy Pitts who have been on Letterman, uh, just as a veteran comic, and uh, Pete Dominic, who I worked worked with before. He has a show on Sirius XM, and he's on CNN a lot. Yeah, so I worked with him before. It was fun. It was just a, a, a good, chill show. And uh, September, I'm working with Chris Hardwick in Minneapolis and San Francisco. So okay. first two weeks. Yeah, first two weeks in September. You been? Uh, have you been to San Francisco before? No, I haven't. I haven't been to Minneapolis either, so I'm really excited about that. That's really dope, excited. man. Now, how'd you book that? Or, like, do they – is it, like, a thing where Chris Hardwick's like, I worked with this guy and it was cool, so I would like to have him out here? Or do you, like, have someone contact him and get you on that, that spot? Well, he told me to just look at his calendar and see what dates that uh, that I could do. And just – he would date – his management just worked with that. And uh, that's how it's been working. Wow. Yeah. Do they fly you out or do they fly you out or do you have to go on your own dime and my own dime for most of them. I think the the San Francisco show, I get a hotel like the the club will give me a hotel. Uh, But the other ones is pretty much out of my dime. So it's cool to be doing these gigs, but it's, it, you know, it it puts a, you know, puts a little dent in the pocket. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, but it's, it's what I'm doing it for is really, because I really want to do it, and it's for the experience of, you know, trying to evolve and trying to get better and see how my jokes work in another time zone. So it's it's really it's really exciting, and uh, I'm just trying to get ready for those shows now, and it just, like, really uh, hit hard when I get there. And then in November, I'm coming to your neck of the woods or close to it. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to be there for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to at least have an after party at a diner somewhere yeah it's something uh we'll get at the denny's at 246 nate yeah we go to denny's uh you can do the two egg minimum yep do some Not comedy denny's is denny's even good anymore i don't know that i've really enjoyed i don't think denny's has ever been good i just I know haven't it's, had, had it i just know it's always been racist i haven't had any in a while i'm more of an ihop guy 
yeah i like me some ihop i'll mm-hmm. even do waffle house before i do denny's like denny's oh, got a true. track record of racism that's just too much yeah that's i I, I want the smothered covered chunks hump bumped yeah over um, Denny's. now i don't think they have them humped karen i don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> I think you sure that you sure they don't i'm pretty sure they don't have humped uh hump denny's uh eggs or, or hump waffle house eggs um now i was gonna ask you about this chris have you heard about this youtube comedian that supposedly stole patrice o'neill's bits supposedly like- he did <laughs> supposedly that shit made my stomach hurt man like it it, it just it that's that's really shitty yeah, I heard he like took them verbatim, and there's like six of them that he took, and he offered some weird ass like, well, I it was an homage that I never gave him credit or said his name, but I was hoping somebody would find him and let him know I was doing this, and it would be cool. Um, but to me, it just sounds like he was stealing from the dude, man. I think his name is Kane Carter. Yeah, um, he was. He was stealing. Um, because I think. It's it just gets it's to a point where stand up comedy is not really a respected art form yeah. collectively, and so it's it's like uh, he didn't this wasn't necessarily Patrice's stand up, but those were ideas that he presented like he presented in the podcast form on radio, and then sometimes when that happens like when you're doing a podcast and you're thinking of something, and then that sometimes becomes a bit you know mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was more of like his philosophy that he brought on stage and it was just um it's just really shitty it's something that you don't do and people think it's almost like you're not it's like he thought he was a cover band mm. you know it's like if you're going to be the rolling stones and you're going to play a rolling stone song you know everybody knows that that's not that's not you that's that's a rolling stone song and even when Jay-Z would do a biggie line what's the famous line where he says i'm only bigging up my brother or whatever like yeah that. i say a big verse i'm only bigging up my brother exactly that's that's not it's not the same thing and uh that guy's a, he's an asshole yeah and also i think too a lot of people don't consider comedy as an art form they don't consider any creativity and you have so many people that go i can do that really can you really deal with it because you can't because you stole somebody else's shit yeah and it's it's hard like it's like people don't realize how hard it is and it's not like oh my god guys it's so hard to do what we do <laughs> but it is, it is hard and but it's 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 uh but it's it's fun. The whole process is fun. I mean, I like over the weekend I went to go see Hannibal Burris do an hour, and like you see somebody that good, and it's just like that's it's coming from him, and it's like yeah. it's just uh, it's a it's a joy to watch, and everybody can't do that. If everybody no. could do it, it's a reason why he's on stage, and there's a lot of other people sitting down watching him do what he's doing. And that goes for a lot of a lot of my colleagues, a lot of my peers. There's a reason why, you know, you get to that level and people pay to come see you. You know? Yeah, and and also too, I think that a lot of people think just because they can throw out a few one liners, they think they can string them all together and a lot of people can't. It's it's very 
uh, complex to basically have a conversation that consists of nothing but jokes. Most people can like joke here and there, but that requires a lot more work and a lot more effort and a lot more time. And you have to groom your craft and all kinds of things like right. that. And, and to me, uh, what this dude did was very disrespectful. And me and Roger was talking about it at, at lunch and I never really thought about it like this, but he was saying that there's a rift between like comedians and like comedians on YouTube because a lot of those people come and they just steal comedian stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, there's no, like the thing with comedy is that since there's not a lot of respect for it, there's really no real morality to it. And a lot of times comedians don't even stand up for themselves. Like true. Uh, as much as I love Louis C.K., and I think pretty much you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that doesn't at this point, um, Dane Cook stole his shit. But, you know, he had Dane Cook on the show, and Dane Cook even on the show is kind of like, I didn't steal your shit, and he's kind of like, well, I thought you stole my shit, and then it kind of gets dropped. But by giving that dude a paying part on his show or whatever, it kind of, like, legitimizes him. Um, whereas I think if say that was a rapper who stole somebody's fucking rap and like, I doubt Kanye would say, well, this dude ripped me off in 2005. Now let me put him on my album in 2013. You know, it would be like, no, nah, fuck that dude. Um, and I think like, you know, even when Joe Rogan was standing up for other comedians saying like, well, Carlos Messias had a hack. And he's biting your shit. When you like go to those other comedians, they're like, well, you know, it could have been this. It could have been that. And you're like, wow, you don't even really respect your own shit that you came up with enough to go fuck this guy. He stole from me, you know? And, and, and maybe, and Chris, let me know if I'm wrong, but a lot of times I think for them people, they were like, I don't never know who I'm going to work with. I don't right. never know who's going to blow up. I don't never know who I might be touring with. I don't never know who I might be opening for. So I don't want to start any riffs. Uh, I think that that happens too. It's like you don't when you're when you're a young comic when you're in a in a position like like I am. It's something when you're on your way up, if you will. Like if there's the you don't want to step on any toes, and you and it's and it's just a part of because uh, show business is brutal, just like anything. And you're in life, you're not owed anything, but definitely in show business, you're really not like owed anything, no matter how good you are. Right, and so it's it's a matter of how much how much are you willing to sacrifice to get to where you want to be? And some people take the road, you know, the the the, easy the high road. road, the easy road to get to where they want to get. Um, I mean, you can just you could say the same thing about what's going on in baseball with the PEDs. Yeah, um, it's just how much how much are you willing to do? Also, like the thing that that that's kind of weird and to not to make it too big a point but i think that people have changed like not change because of the availability uh and ease of being able to just steal shit mm-hmm. when we just don't even call it stealing anymore the morality of people has absolutely changed like fundamentally how we see morals on the internet is completely different than real life at this point where it's like um yeah i stole chris's stand-up because i downloaded it and i didn't you know maybe he's selling it for ten dollars on itunes fuck that i got it for free but i'm still a big chris fan you know i'll hit chris up and go hey chris man i I was listening to your stand-up it was so great you know but i'm never gonna say and i didn't buy your shit 
because uh i could get it for free but i'm a huge fan that would never ever pay to see you or pay to listen to you or want to see you rewarded for your craft and the time and the effort i don't want to see your life get better because i was able to get this shit for free and i think when you like extrapolate that out over you know a couple decades at this point you now have gotten to the point where somebody's like oh i like this guy says he just heard of patrice o'neill two weeks before patrice o'neill died so you know to him he's just a guy he's gonna rip the fuck off like he probably didn't even realize how big patrice o'neill was okay um you know and like the internet and also in the podcast world and also in you know just comedy circles people love that dude he didn't even probably think about that shit he's just like i'm gonna rip off these bits nobody's heard them and blam and then all of a sudden it's like uh dude you didn't know patrice o'neill is like a fucking comedic comedic giant at this point uh uh well i was doing it as homage word for six videos and never mentioning the guy once yeah and he made money off of it he made money off of it and oh he did his family yeah his yeah. family's trying to you know they're trying to make money they're trying to you know raise funds like he's got an album coming out on the 20th mm-hmm. uh of like of, of mainly like i guess it's like amazing crowd work that he did at the dcm improv when he recorded mr p um i think i want to say in like early 2011 right after elephant in the room came out mm-hmm. and and I, I was there like i i'm kind of hurt that i didn't get to meet him so he could probably make fun of me uh because he made fun of everybody uh so if he liked it like a lot of my friends and that i know that that met him and that know him that knew him said that if he liked you you know he'd pretty much make fun of you um but uh, I got to see, I went to the taping of Elephant in the Room, and he was just, he was fantastic. It, it, it just made you, made me re- reevaluate everything that I'd ever done as stand-up. And it just, it's okay to be inspired by the guy, but not, yeah. like, steal his shit. Not, you know. Yeah, there's no morality to it, man. Like, even um, just doing a podcast, man, this shit happens all the time where somebody, mm-hmm. like, um and you know i don't call people out or really say much about it but like you know um it just shows you the level of respect that people have for what you do because i you know i had somebody that was like oh um and this guy's a fan he's a nice person he's like i stole y'all's thing and put it as my facebook status and started a conversation and i was like uh okay well did you uh like you know kind of mention where you heard it so that maybe people can kind of like come check out the show and they'll you know if they enjoyed that discussion on your page maybe they'll enjoy our show right it helps spread the word he was like nah and i was like okay well i guess you didn't steal it um i was like well just give us a shout out on a random day or something that hey i listen to this podcast or something like you know but um and you know there's been times before where i've seen people on facebook and they'll just like quote an entire like segment from like the hot firestarter podcast or something and you know, I, and, and like I said, I don't think they're like going around like maliciously wiping, you know, they're not mm-hmm, making yeah. money. It's just, they heard something funny, but the idea of giving somebody credit, credit. never crossed their mind. Cause it's just, we're at that point in society where it's like, I heard this thing. It's mine now. I don't, you know, right. I don't have to say, you know, like, I, like it's never even a thought in your mind. Like, Oh, I'm a fan of this thing. And I can really help this person out by just being like, Chris Lambert said this funny thing. You know, it's something very simple. It only takes an extra second, second. to, yeah. you know, to, to at Chris Lambert at the end of a quote on Twitter. But people will rather just quote that shit and keep it for themselves. 
and is like i said it's not malicious i think for the most part they just literally it doesn't cross their mind and like it's it's a, it's a joke i can take it it's mine i do what i want to yeah, with it now they don't think yeah it's like don't steal my pretty little liar sweet i mean mm-hmm. they're you know at me or dat me you know zach give this man his credit man give him his credit well Look, this is the Blackout Tips Podcast. You can find us at theblackouttips.com. You can also find all the contact information for the show in the About section. While you're at theblackouttips.com, feel free to become a premium subscriber. You can hear all of our premium shows. We're talking about the nerd off. We're talking about balls deep sports. We're talking about the real house husbands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Karen's lip smacking good and spoiled movie reviews and a bunch of other stuff. You can check them all out there. Uh, we appreciate everybody that does that. Maybe you don't feel like doing that. Maybe you just want to vote in the poll, leave a comment, subscribe to the page where you can get an email when we update things. Uh, maybe you just want to um, buy something from the store. Maybe you just want to donate one time or a recurring small donation. Whatever you want to do, it's all there at the page. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys check it out. Um, the official weapon of the show is... The Taser. An unofficial sport. It's Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. And today's podcast is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. Let me get some sexy music first. Ooh, sexy. Mm-hmm. And why is hey, it so loud? Hey, if I say we... It's this little Luther, Big Luther. Freddie Jackson is who it is. Oh, see, that's a tank. My bad. And niggas sound the same. My bad. He is kind of a little Luther, though. Yeah. Fellas. And... Ladies, hermaphrodites, transvestite, queer questioning, and everything in between. Are you looking to spice things up in your bedroom, or your bathroom, or your kitchen, or the dining room, or the den where you had those plastic couches that companies not supposed to touch? Oh, have you been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Yes. Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time off, get 50% off of just about any items. I'm talking condoms in bulk. Anything? Anything. Talking about shoes with dildos on the tips. Who knows? I don't know what you're into. Who knows? They probably got that. I just made that up Uh, on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. They also got dildos that stick to the wall, too, if you need one of those Mm -hmm. into the bedpost. I'm talking about these vibrator things that will attach themselves to the end of your tongue. (laughs) That's a thing. Mm-hmm. That is a thing. I ain't never heard of that one before. Uh, you have, and you're lying right now. But that's oh, not all. Oh, no. <laughs> when, you select, oh, no. <laughs> when you select your one item at 50% off, you'll My also bad. receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so central, can't even mention it on the radio. At the top of it all off, they even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And that's so serious, guys. You can go get your thing on with Mrs. Jones if you just go to adamandeve.com. Put in our code TBGWT, get your 50% off of one item, Mm -hmm. get your three free DVDs, free extra gift, and free shipping. That's TBGWT at adamandeve.com. All right. I had a couple random thoughts for today. Uh, First things first, yesterday, um, I don't know if you... I think, I don't know if it's just me. It might just be me. Cause I don't see this happen to other people that much. And it freaks me out. Cause I'm on Twitter the other day and I watched Jay-Z's HBO special. It's about 15 minutes long. It's called Picasso baby. Have you seen it, Chris? I have. Yeah. All right. Now 
I guess the easiest way to describe it would be is basically hip hop performance art in a in the MoMA, I believe it was at. Okay. Um he basically sets up a very small stage, and I mean small, like less than a foot off the ground. Uh, but it's probably like, I don't know, 20 feet square, 20 square feet or something. Mm-hmm. He he just gets all these uh, people to come in to see it, just like you would a museum exhibit, except it's performance art. Um, and some of the people are famous, some of the people aren't, you know, some of the people are from different genres of life, all this stuff. Um, they sit on a bench, and he performs his his song his his rap uh picasso baby um and you know so different people do different things some people dance with them one weird white lady got all in his face like inches from all in his personal space to feel the intensity (laughs) Uh, i forgot what her name was she was like an artist or a photographer i forget she was weird um yeah uh, one old old white lady uh she was uh, a cougar boy she was old and uh but she was looking good she came in that costume legs and flipped her hair she fucked jay-z up he lost his place in the rap <laughs> uh but uh you know and you know different people were there different actors what's the home girl from uh baby boy uh T- taraji p henson Tar- taraji. taraji she yeah. was looking good rosie perez was looking good yep she was it was a lot of people in there man they dressed yeah. to the nines and then there's a huge crowd that was watching and at the very end they all get really close and then and you know and when it got done it's only 15 minutes and now i think i tweeted something along the lines of so jay-z's picasso baby on hbo is just him rapping picasso baby to people in the museum mm-hmm. yeah. and there was a question because i was really like was you know i just want to make sure that that's it as far as what i was supposed to get from that you know and I didn't mean it even in a disrespectful way. I didn't mean it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a big fan of Jay-Z. I'm a and big people f- were like, what the fuck? What did you say, Rod? <laughs> well, what happened, what happened is my girl, or I think it's Oral Phenomena or something like that, she retweeted it kind of and was kind of, I guess she doesn't like Jay-Z. Now, it must be a well-known thing that she doesn't like Jay-Z. I, I don't care. I don't really care or follow many people's musical opinions on Me twitter um for the most part i don't care about many people's musical opinions outside of my own nope um i, I feel like music is that subjective mm-hmm. um, so she and then this other girl uh like stiletto jill like i went to go play basketball put my phone in my book bag i'm playing ball for 30 45 minutes go back sit down taking a break i look at my phone it was like fucking 50 updates Damn. and i'm looking at these updates and it's just them going back and forth about jay-z and <laughs> like you know why do people even think he's a big deal and 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 they had they had to tag you on everyone wow. well you know once stiletto jill was kind of saying like well the stuff that i was thinking which is you know jay-z's an american success story and i see why people celebrate him i mean mm-hmm. not yeah. only is he talented but he does represent uh, a lot for people because they go hey man you know this dude started from the bottom and uh made it to a billion dollars and you know that's a huge thing for a kid born in the marcy projects of brooklyn yes sir Married a light-skinned woman with a fat ass mm-hmm. brown but you know yeah but he got you know he got the living the dream the american dream right and other girls saying like uh, uh, uh or a phenomenon she's just like well it's a cult and 
he's you know this this is what happens people worship him and you know because the girl was like you know some people feel like he's deserving of praise she's like i don't praise nobody but the lord and i'm like what what is happening here <laughs> how did the conversation get over here yeah so when i came back you know after playing ball i was just like is it okay if i just like his music and think that it is good uh because that is mostly what i support anybody for if the music wasn't good i wouldn't give a fuck ain't that the truth so i I don't like it's not even a religion thing it's like if that if his album came out and i personally thought magna carta holy grail was whack i wouldn't say a fucking word i'd be like well that shit was whack nothing more to say see here you know but i like the album um so uh that so so then it was like well people worshiping it's like a code i'm not saying you're in the code or whatever i was like she's like and he calls himself hova and he thinks he's a god and all this stuff i was like i think you're taking his metaphors very literally yes you are honey you know he has songs where he raps about praying to god i don't know how you can be god and pray to god but why would he say i'm praying to myself or well it's hard to make it if you're a humble rapper you know, I guess I'm all right. I mean, more, you know, you can just listen to it if you want. I need a little bit more confidence. Yeah, he yeah. tried. I mean, plus he tried that sensitive shit on volume one and it didn't work. Like nobody really was, you know, like he, the sensitive shit on volume one was kind of like not well received by critics. And then all of a sudden he went back to party rap and everybody was like, I love volume two and it sold the most albums and all this shit. So I don't think he's going to ever be this sensitive, insecure motherfucker that people want him to be. It's, you know, they're always trying to humble this dude and humble black men that are in positions of power anyway. But um, mm. so so then I was like, OK, um, I don't think it's a cult. I like the dude. And, you know, we're talking a little bit more and, you know, I'm listening. And then at some point she was like, well, I hope y'all know I'm like a brick wall on this and I'm not going to change. And I said, oh. Well, thank you. You saved me a lot more time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, d- let's talk about something else. We don't even need to talk about this subject because I'm not in the habit of having discussions with people where they're like, I'm not even going to listen to you. I I'm just going to say what the fuck I got to say and keep this going as long as I can. Like, I'm like, you save me time. You save yourself time. time. And then she went on for like three or four more tweets. And I said, hey, no, no offense. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. But I meant it when I said I'm done talking about this with you. You know, let's somebody else can do that. You know what I mean? I'm not a big fan of like conversations where I feel like you don't give a fuck what I say. And I and I would never disrespect you by being like, well, I'm going to have a conversation with you, but I ain't about to listen to shit. Like, I would be like, you know, I would not rather not yeah. talk to you than do that. You ain't know? that the truth? And, but. you know, and then she went on later to be like, people think they're on Twitter to change their minds, like subtweeting or whatever. Or, I, you know, you you can't change everybody's mind. I was like, I, I didn't respond to any of that because I was like, you know, I, okay. I don't know why you're mad at me for saying I, I won't continue to discuss something that you won't even budge on. Um right. Cause I, you know, I'm a natural, I would look for compromise. I'm a natural bargainer. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that comes to the table like, okay, well, what about this part that we do have in common? And if that's as far as you'll go, we'll leave it at that. Cause I don't want to keep, I'm not, I'm not into just talking to keep talking and, and nobody's philosophy is ever that fucking interesting that they, that they shouldn't listen to anybody else. Um, so I was wondering like, am I wrong? Or is it wrong to be like, well, once a person tells you, 
I'm not going to change my mind on this. Is it wrong to be like, well, I don't want to talk about it with you then? No, no. Okay, cool. Because I was feeling kind of crazy. Like no. I was, I was reading the rest of those tweets. Like, am I, am I the one that's the asshole here? I thought. No, no. And my thing is this, and this is just me and my personality. I don't like to fucking argue. A lot of people like to argue for the sake of arguing. And when a lot of people argue, they're not having a debate. They're not having a reasonable discussion. They're not that they're not trying to to talk and they're not really trying to come to any form of a um, compromise. They're not trying to resolve anything. And it happens a lot on Twitter where people just yell at each other and yelling at each other is not a conversation. And even I'm like this in real life. Like they don't even have to say I'm a brick wall. You could just use certain code words and yeah. I'll just shut down. I'm like, I'm like, okay, why am I talking to you? Because it's obviously that you're wasting my time. Because one thing I can say, I do talk a lot. Please don't get me wrong. But my words are very valuable to me. And I don't like to talk to brick walls because brick walls is a waste of my time. You know, and I see how somebody could mistake Jay-Z and all that for religion. Because, you know, his album is called Magna Carta, Holy Grail. He calls himself Hova. Obviously, Kanye is Jesus. He, he goes by Jesus and all this stuff. And Memphis Bleak is the Holy Ghost because he's never heard or seen, but you know he's ah! around. <laughs> so I can see how that might, you know, fool some people. But for me personally, I've never met anyone that I've talked to and was like, this person believes Jay-Z is God ever. Like, I don't even think those people really exist. And I'm sure on the Internet and the crevices of something, there's a couple of people. But I've, I've talked about fucking, you know, um, Jay-Z for my whole life is, that I've been a fan of him. And I've never come across somebody on some literal I pray to Jay-Z at night shit. So it's just like, wow, do we really got to overanalyze every fucking thing that these people put out? They're just art, music artists, man. That's They're it. not, there's no like deep hidden meaning to their stature as music artists. They make music that people like to hear and they're savvy businessmen. That's it. You know what, Rod, though? I think instead of arguing about, a rapper, I think black people should just pull their pants up and clean up their neighborhoods <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Quit we littering. have this problem. Yeah, when we were having this discussion, I did throw some trash uh, as I sagged my pants. See, I, that was yeah. the problem. Couldn't help yeah. myself. And I bet you had some hot sauce in your back pocket, too. God, so that, were you there? <laughs> did you pray to Jay-Z and Memphis Bleak came and told you this? I, I did. Or I kind of I direct messaged them. Um, also, I've been watching House of Cards mm-hmm. uh, lately. How is it? What do you What do you think of it? Um, I kind of like like it's corny to a certain extent as far as this gimmick that they do, but I kind of like when Kevin Spacey talks to the camera. It makes me feel like I'm in on something. It's like a yeah. big ass direct TV commercial. Like when Zach Morris used to do it. Too. Yeah, it's what's well, like those direct TV ads because it's way more serious than when Zach Morris used to do it. It's like very like it'll be the middle of like a very big like board meeting about whatever like you know uh well this is about to mess up this dude's career you know and he's talking to the guy and he's like well you know uh a senator like yourself would really uh come up short if they found out about you having a prostitute in the car when you got arrested and then he'll turn to the camera and be like I'm not really going to tell that he got a prostitute because a prostitute is also a man's best friend and then he's like, and he turns <laughs> back, and I'm like, I'm like, was that the me or the him? Can anybody? Is this like Stewie talking on Family Guy? Like, I know, right? Um, but 
i don't know i kind of like it I'm, I'm just like three or four episodes in so we'll see okay. where it goes but um i don't know it seems okay so far it had a couple titties in it so that's what's up um part of me is <laughs> wondering if if people are going crazy over that show because of the way that it's presented mm-hmm. like all the episodes are available on netflix and you can binge watch or just the the I don't know the novelty of being able to consume it that way. Mm-hmm. And it got, it did get Emmy nominations, which kind of, I was pissed off because, uh, anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm a big fan of the Americans. I thought that was one of the better shows, new shows of last year. Carrie Russell did not get nominated. Robin Wright Penn got nominated. And I was just like, ah, she was good, but it wasn't really a war. I, that's the kind of stuff I kind of, I argue, I don't really argue with anybody about, but I just kind of like, man, I really, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. House of Cards, solid show. It's good. Yeah, I don't see, the thing is, and I'm early into it, so I don't want to say anything too definitive, but so far I haven't really seen great acting performances Uh out of anybody. Um, Maybe Kevin Spacey a couple times, but nothing that he hasn't done before. So it'll just... I guess as things develop, I'll see more. But right now, I don't feel blown away by it. I'm never like, God damn, the acting. Yeah, you know, for, oh, the writing is ridiculous. Like, I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, for me, like, the revel, not necessarily the revelation, but uh, who kind of gets more shine is, uh, the most shine is Kate Mara, mm-hmm. who plays the journalist. Because you don't really get to see her in that many projects i was like oh she gets she got to you know work out a little bit yeah yeah i mean you know i gotta see her do more in her personal life and shit right because right now it does she hasn't done anything so i'm just gonna withhold judgment because uh they need to do more with these characters before i can say anybody's a great actor or not um although i will say the dude that sells the ribs is pretty cool so you know that yeah uh god i think i was having a conversation with somebody about that maybe on twitter but it makes me want ribs mm-hmm. uh when every time i see it and of course he played dirty d and pootie tang and that's what the role, <gasps> oh that's the dude yeah that's the role i always remember a him lot for. Of stuff. yeah but the, his definitive role i think everybody would say his definitive role was dirty d and pootie tang i don't think you can find anyone that <sighs> can play that role better um by lewis ck they also do that thing so in the. By. They also do that thing in the writing where a lot of the, um, uh, they make everything seem smarter because they attribute it to somebody else. Um, like for example, if we're having a conversation and you're like, "Well, let me put away the dishes," and then Kevin Spacey will say something like, "Uh, well, you know the French say, he who does the dishes eats the least.'" You're like, I don't even what? know the French. I didn't know the French said that. What I don't that know. Mean? I'm not sure that that's smart or not, but just the fact that you attributed it to something else and then said that they say it, I'm supposed to be like, oh, that's deep. They do that a lot on this show. Uh, like, you know, Usher Raymond said, <laughs> leave the one you with. Got new relationship. <laughs> what? Really? Right. Back what? in Shelby. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> All right, if you say so, man. I don't know. Um, all right, let's. We got a lot of articles to get through. We've been talking for a while, so I'll get to some of this stuff tomorrow. Okay. Um, first things first. Did you guys know that Arkansas, a district, a school district in Arkansas, is training teachers 
to have guns. 20 teachers will be armed in the school in Arkansas. Why? Um, Because people want to be safe, Karen. The same reason they profile every black man um, in, in, in New York. <laughs> you know, it's the same reason do, it, do, that they pull is, people over is, uh, for driving a nice car when the tent is too loud. <sighs> to me, this whole thing is stupid. It's people going straight into panic. Um, and my thing is this. I have several issues with this. Several? Yes. All right. Mm. Well, you get to all your issues first. Go Thank ahead. you. Number one, uh, most schools. Then I will read the article. Thank you. Number one, <laughs> most schools have... Um, prohibited guns like you can't carry guns on property Mm -hmm. then you also have to deal with what happened if uh, a a child takes the gun away from a teacher you have to deal with that what happened if if a teacher shoots a student you have to deal with that it's 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 like to me you set yourself up for a whole lot of lawsuits somebody gets shot by accident teacher shoots themselves by accident to me it's it's like you're trying to take the take everything out of you have we have police for a reason, and I think that uh, teachers are not police officers. They didn't go to police training or any of this. And to me, this is nothing but trouble. And all it's going to do is cause other school districts to do this. And my thing is this: the money that you're wasting on guns, you need to be putting back into the school system and doing other things with it. Because you know you're paying for the guns, you're paying for the training, you're paying for all this other bullshit. But then you're gonna turn around time when we got to shut down another six more schools. I wonder if it's Isn't man- that one of the lowest uh, ranking school states as far as test scores are concerned? Well, kids? I feel like the so- test scores are going to go up once the teacher gets guns. You know? No. Definitely don't want to get an F in that class anymore. No. Definitely don't. You know? Might get a bullet. I, I mean, it's like, have y'all met some of the teachers? I feel like teachers, first of all, I feel bad for the kids because it's going to put way too much pressure on them to fuck these teachers. I mean... So, so, so many of them are fucking the teachers as is. If you arm the teachers, it's like, what choice do I have? I gotta fuck Miss Crabapple or whatever the fuck because it's not a, a game anymore. She has a gun now. You know, what am I supposed to do? Well, a small school district in Arkansas will arm 20 volunteer teachers and staff with handguns starting in the fall. The district will be the first in the state to arm teachers and is doing so under state law that allow licensed armed security guards on campus. The school's participation in the program whose identities will be kept secret or participants uh, identities will be kept secret will be until they shoot somebody. They will be considered security guards after undergoing 53 hours of training. It's a lot of training. The the plan like that's all. That's a lot of training, 53 hours. You can fly a plane with that many hours. Right. The plan we've been given is in the past is we'll lock your doors, turn off your lights, and hope for the best. That's not a plan, said Dave Hopkins, superintendent. Mr. Hopkins said a wave of parent calls after the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings last December caused him to reevaluate their procedures, even though, though the town of ninety of 9,200 people. That's all. Word. About 100 miles northwest of Little Rock isn't known for being dangerous. Okay. State officials have not blocked the plan, even though the Arkansas Educational Commissioner Tom Kimbrell has said that he opposes arming teachers and staff. 
Instead, he supports hiring law enforcement officers and school resource officers. Yes, to do their jobs. Yes. Participating staff in Clarksville School will be given a one-time $1,100 stipend to purchase a handgun and a holster. That's a lot for a handgun. They're going to get some. What about school supplies? What about books? Like, get the fuck out. Like, They're going to put bullets break, in them. Man. But you can get a Dirty Harry 45. Like, you can get a Magnum for this shit, man. Like, you can get it. Like, somebody's going to be rocking some big-ass heat. Well, or, or you get a good sale going on. You might get a two-for-one. One for the left hip, one for the right hip. Hey. You like John Woo movies. Uh, I know they're going to move it in slow motion. Um, uh yeah, I just feel like this could end horribly. Yes! With, like, someone getting shot that's, like, there to pick up their kid but didn't get it authorized, or a kid mm-hmm. getting shot because they look suspicious to a fucking teacher that mm-hmm. only has 53 hours training but is hyped up to volunteer to shoot motherfuckers. Yes, and, that's why I said 53 hours. I know you said that's a lot, but I'm like, goddamn, that's all. That's all. No, uh, it's, more it's training. A, it's a lot more training than I thought they would get. For, from these gun nut people. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it derogatorily. I'm just saying, like, damn, they want them to get 53 hours? I thought they would stop at, like, two. I think I thought they would have, like, a literal, like, a McDonald's uh, trainee video. video. Of, yeah, and at the end. Yeah. It's like, um, hey, kids, how you doing? Bam! What did Timmy do wrong? You're not supposed to just <laughs> shoot people. You know that shit? It's like, now let's go in. You want to do the STT system. Stop. Terrorize. Take your gun out. You know, whatever. (laughs) Whatever that bullshit is that they always do. Um, The district will pay about $50,000 for ammunition. (gasps) That's crazy how they find all that money to get weaponry. Right. not in charlotte and mecklenburg i know that they privatized the fucking sports programs because they were like it's costing schools too much let's Mm -hmm. let local companies support people's sports programs yeah but meanwhile you got small ass cities like this in arkansas that probably are even less have even less money than charlotte mecklenburg Mm -hmm. that are like we found fifty thousand dollars to pay for bullets bullets nigga bullets Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You know what? That free lunch program that we get, we're going to cut about 700 of them students off. Why? Because we need bullets to shoot them same students with. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this also goes for training by Nighthawk Custom Training Academy, a private training facility in northwest Arkansas. That teacher is going to respond to one thing and one thing along, and that someone is in the building either actively or attempting to kill people, said John Hottaway, director of training for Nighthawk. That's it. They're not going to enforce the law. They're not going to make traffic stops. If somebody is outside acting the fool, they're going to call the police. But you're giving motherfucking guns. That like, like, like you're telling them, here's a gun. Don't do shit with it. That's not realistic. Yeah, just because your training says one thing doesn't mean all that in the fucking, you know, in the heat of the moment. No, look, it does not. Look at how many cops have ended the day by accidentally killing somebody. And they're trained, and they're in these situations every single day. And, you know, and then we'll go even look at them and go, well, they weren't supposed to do that by the, that's not by the book. Because when you're out there in the field, by the book doesn't matter as much. Mm -mm. You know, coming home that night matters. And if you're stupid enough to go, I think this guy's a danger when it's just a kid or something, or it's just a guy trying to get his son, 
that motherfucker's dead because you weren't, you know, because you had a gun. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, this is definitely not going to end well. A situation's going to happen. Something's going to happen. A child is going to get shot. A parent's going to get shot. Somebody's going to wrestle a gun off of a teacher. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, is this, uh, they say they're keeping things a secret. You know, like I said, they're not going to be secret once they pop a bullet. You're going to have to get that person there because they shot somebody. Uh, here's yeah. the thing. At a recent training session, teachers and administrators practice shoot using airsoft pellet guns to shoot a student pretending to hold another at gunpoint. This is how they practice. But you, but, but you say we don't want you interacting, we don't want you engaging. But you, you only require what fifty, fifty something hours of training. Am I the only one that pictured this like the end of an action movie with this hostage standoff where like? They're using the person as a shield and the kid, the other kids behind them with the gun to his head. Like, oh, them people going to die. Put your gun on the ground, Mahoney. <laughs> Kick it over to me. And then they, they practice some type of weird, like, grab the secret gun in their boot and shoot the man in the head. Move. Yeah, they're doing like, do you know how they do whenever they take the uh, self-defense class for the, for the women? They're like, mm-hmm. this is what you do. You kick. You pull, you scream, then you shoot, and you're like, Yeah, are they teaching the hostage kids to, like, kick the dude in the nuts and then fall to the ground so that I have a clear shot? Of course. When I pull my trigger? Because I feel like that's part of the Impossible White Man training course that (laughs) they're probably skipping over. Um, Jeopardy. I don't watch Jeopardy, really. Uh, Haven't seen it in um, years. Chris, you watch Jeopardy? No, I don't. I used to, but I, I don't. When I had dreams, I did well, apparently there's a video <laughs> there's a video making the rounds of a kid who uh well let's just see if I can play it for you guys. If you saw the movie Lincoln this year, it would have been a big help to you. Surely we come to you first. You were in third place. With- uh, the question was, I believe, um Abraham Lincoln called this document which took effect in eighteen sixty three. You know, like, what did he call it? Um, and uh, now it's time to guess. Okay. What is the Second Amendment? No. Sorry. Oh, it's not the Second Amendment, guys. All right. That's going to cost you how much? 3200 You're down to 3200 Let's go to Thomas Hurley now. He had 9600 And he wrote down, what is the emancipation? Well, because he misspelled it badly. Emancipation. You put a P in there, proclamation. That's unfortunate. The judges are ruling against you, so it's costing you how much? 3000 You drop down to 6600 Now, as most of our viewers know, the games are put together long before we know who the contestants are going to be. And all of a sudden, we have a young man named Skylar Hornback who seems to have a great interest in the Civil War. Let's see if he came up with the Emancipation Proclamation. He did, and it is spelled correctly also, and his wager, oh my God, 30000 66600 almost. That's right. Wow. Okay. The kid that lost spelled emancipation incorrectly. Was he black? He was white. Okay. And the handwriting is terrible, too. Yeah, yeah. What'd you say, Chris? Why would he have to know? He's white. Give yeah, him a break. That was a moment where I was like, if it was a black kid, he would have got that right for sure. 
but it wasn't. <laughs> like, I was like, this is the one time where I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck how smart white people are. No yeah. black kid is missing that one. Like, that's like, one oh, we got. Look looks like a pig. Give it to him. <laughs> Reparations. He gets it. <laughs> Man, somebody might be mad at you. Nigga, you was on national television, and you mean to tell me that's the one thing you don't know? Yeah. Then he would get shot. Right. By his mama. You can't come home. If you miss Emancipation <laughs> Proclamation and you black, you can't come home, dog. Oh, no. No amount of fried chicken is going to cover up for that. Uh, <laughs> did you guys know 50,000 pounds of ground beef were recalled for E. coli? Oh, my. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. 50,000 pounds. Wow. National Beef Company in Kansas is voluntarily recalling 50,000 pounds of beef due to a e- possible E. coli contamination. A strain of bacteria was found in a 10-pound bag of ground beef. No illnesses have been reported. We're working closely with authorities to investigate this matter and are contact- contacting our customers who have purchased this product. The bacteria can cause, hope you guys ate earlier, bloody diarrhea. Oh, my. Dehydration and kidney failure. Yes. So we need to take this serious. The ground beef was sent throughout the country. So everyone should be checking that beef. It's sold under the brand names Natural Source, Nature Well, and National Beef. Isn't that crazy how oh. that same beef is sold under three different names, by the way? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like clothes. They take the same pair of clothes and smack three different labels. Yeah. And one is Walmart, one is Target, and one is Safeway. All right. Safe with. I don't know. Karen, you know, she was thinking. Because <laughs> um, I'm giving them all three different names and all of them have different selling levels. But fear they not. Have, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, it's a stupid question. They have Safeway in NC in Carolina? No. Okay. <laughs> but fear not, people. The first lab grown hamburger has been served. Mm. That's right, guys. Since 2008, Dr. Mark Post. Well, it tastes like a Petri dish. <laughs> yes, it probably does. Uh, since 2008, Dr. Mark Post has been working on growing edible meat in a laboratory. Today, at an event in London, the first in vitro hamburger has been served. I feel like they need to come up with a better name. Than yes, they do. Yeah, that, that does sounds, not yeah. sound scrumptious. Can you a give me one? Pregnancy burger? <laughs> what is it going to like drop off? Like, like that just doesn't sound right. It sounds like so jizz is in my burger now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get one of them two uh, in vitro double quarter pounder. Mm. Uh, muscle stem cells were taken. Get a urethra burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give me extra ovaries on mine. Yeah. Muscle stem cells were taken from a cow's shoulder in a gentle biopsy and grown in a cow serum. Wait, wait, can you say, did they say gentle biopsy? Mm-hmm. Not How gentle. How the fuck they did they be. know that was gentle? The cow didn't complain. What, they cut him okay. up? What, Karen? They cut, they cut the cow up and pulled this out? They just cut some parts off of him. Uh, and grown in a cow and serum. what, used the rest as real beef then? I wonder if they did kill that cow. They had to have. I'm assuming that they did. Well, the cow's shoulder was, they, they they cut off a little bit from the biopsy. They grew it in calf serum with micro-exercise so they wouldn't be as flabby. Calf serum? Yeah, I wonder what a fucking micro-exercise is. What is calf serum? They don't explain that. 
2000 wait 20,000 cells were then assembled into a burger bound with breadcrumbs and egg but curiously no salt by the way if you had to put breadcrumbs and egg in it you know that's a little grandma burger okay that's how my mom that's how my grandma make them yeah. <laughs> i know about them bread make them make them stretch right eggs and they get real fancy you had you mess around they have some onions and some bell peppers mm-hmm. be about to fall apart uh one of my co-workers about burgers we were just talking about different burgers in the area and i was like oh how do you like this place and she was like you know that reminds me of my mom making a burger and she was just like it just like seemed like she hated her mom so she was just like yeah i don't like that place <laughs> and I'm never going back because it reminded me of my mom when I was 11 and she told me she was going to take me to McDonald's and she didn't. So I don't fucking go to Five Guys. Wow. I was like, damn. She didn't say she was fucking. She right. didn't curse, but it, it just had that weight to it, the way she said it. It was just yeah. like, damn. And did you uh, ever go out on a second date or that was it? <laughs> no, that was a coworker. No. Oh, okay. That was one of my homies. You know, it kind of reminds me of the conversation I started today on Twitter where I was asking would dudes go out with a chick that promised to have sex with them if they went to church with them. And, uh, <laughs> That's kind of productive. I want to say a high 90% of people said yes. They absolutely would go to church if they knew they were getting some pussy afterwards. Um, which I just what think. What kind of church though? Is it just like a, black, church, a, a, black church? Oh, black so church. So it's going like to last you, at least oh. three, four days. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but they but people didn't care they say yes i would still do it uh pussy is that good i was like hypocritical church pussy they said it's the best i was like okay i don't want to know <laughs> I'm, I'm not going i couldn't respect the lady that did that like i guess well they probably don't respect them either They're like i'll fuck you but damn you're a hypocrite and then they just leave mm-hmm. see you next week um <laughs> praise the lord which kind of is sad because that means low church attendance in the black community means black women ain't out here fucking enough. Yeah, ladies, you got to get the fucking if you want the church attendance to go up. Okay, dudes oh, are willing to go as long as they're getting some pussy afterwards. So mm-hmm. if you look around the room and the pastor's talking about where are all the men, it's your fault. You're not fucking them. You, you've been paying too much attention to what's in the book. Oh, Lord. And trying to live right. You got to get out here, get the fucking these dudes, and get them back up in the church. It's the only way to save them. Anyway, where were we at? Uh, so they didn't add any salt. They colored it with beet juice and saffron and presented it to the public. The event was that's, also broadcast on culturebeef.net. That's an expensive-ass burger. Saffron's high. Doctor, was, it any, was it any good, did they say? Like, it was good? Did the people like it? Or? Hmm, tastes like microscope <laughs> and dust. <laughs> Dr. Post, a cardiovascular biologist, brought his raw burger out in a petri dish under a cloach. In a te- on the television set, Richard McGowan, oh wait, McGeon, McGeon, anyway, opining that it looked a little paler than normal, cooked it in a butter and oil before the a hungry audience. He then served it to two lucky volunteers, Australian futurist Hani Rutzler and John Schnanwald. Uh, author of Taste of Tomorrow. Mm. Hani said, there's quite some intense taste. It is close to meat. It is not that juicy. I missed salt and pepper more than I expected of the structure. It's not falling apart. Josh said, the texture, the mouthfeel, has a feel like meat. The absence is the fat. It's leanness. But the bite feels like a conventional hamburger. 
to me that sounds this shit was nasty yeah they don't want to come out and say that and i guarantee you uh my guess the race the people who volunteered was white because they them black people a bit they were like oh this shit is nasty you what know y'all what? having this now i got no larry seasoning out they would be like, oh, this burger tastes like mitochondria. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh. Yeah. <laughs> this is Rabo Flavin? Um, you know who I would have loved to see try this, actually? And it's not a race thing at all? Kids. Yeah, yeah so beca- because you'd have got an honest opinion about it. Mm-hmm. You would be able to see it right on their face. They would either spit it out or they yeah. just eat it. And you don't have to tell them that it's a special burger. You just go, hey, Johnny, you want a cheeseburger or whatever. And if Johnny goes, um, the fuck was that shit? You go, okay, we need to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, because adults be trying to, you know, make it look pretty because they don't want to embarrass you about your nasty shit. But kids be like, ah, that's nasty. That ain't no burger. And the people that had tried it is part of their brand, a food, a food futurist. That's what I'm talking about. And an author of Taste of Tomorrow. So they're not going to tell your shit nasty. Yeah. What, what is a food futurist? Right. It's a degree that you get, like probably is. It's 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 a it's the only degree that's less useful than a drama degree. You know? and, and my thing, watch it, buddy. Hey, watch I'm sorry, buddy. My bad, dog. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but fuck you a little bit. My thing is this: how you how you, now you can inject fat into anything. You mean tell me all this scientific microscopic stuff shit going on? They couldn't inject fat. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, why couldn't they, well, they said they micro-exercised it, whatever that means. What the hell is a micro-exercise? But don't they do stuff with, like, McDonald's and stuff? Like, the stuff, like, chemically, like, tastes the same for the most part? Yeah. Like, you, like, they get us addicted on, I mean, not us, but maybe. Yeah, MSG and all this shit and chemicals and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure they do, but I'm just saying, like, for the purposes of this, they were probably, probably just trying to make uh the cleanest possible product and that's the problem we're conditioned to not want that already so all this purity and like it's no fat on it it's like these all sound good it sounds it's kind of like when you want to go on a diet and it sounds good because you're like oh yeah man i'll just get the vegan burgers and then you get home and you go man let me drive to mcdonald's the fuck was i thinking yeah you know that's how this go ahead i'm sorry no, it was like Louis C.K. said in uh, Hilarious, like his movie, he was saying how, like, if you get kids, you pump all this fast food, this horrible food into their bodies, and they don't even, they won't even understand or have a, like, you give, an, give them an apple, and they won't be able to taste it, you know, mm-hmm. like a really good apple. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. Like, we are conditioned to like that shit like to be junkies yeah at this point i don't even think that i'm fat i just think i'm a drug addict like i'm just like yeah like they got so much shit in this food it's like you're addicted to drugs you're addicted addicted to the feeling and the like satisfaction the dopamine release it's not you're not even addicted to (laughs) the food food necessarily it's just like we'll cover this shit in sugar and fat and you know give it to you as fast and hot as possible it's like that's what people are addicted to you know when people are like yeah. oh, i'm addicted to food it's like yeah if they took all that shit out of taco bell you wouldn't eat it anymore because it's like there's nothing uh there's nothing that is appealing about a taco bell meal other than those chemicals and the same thing for almost any other fast food chain that's true and the thing is is that um i've learned over time that they said food most foods that smell 
aren't good for you, like the French fries, the hamburgers. Like they actually, a lot of restaurant designs chimney stacks that float the old odors in the air to draw your attention mm-hmm. and all that shit. But Jed, if I put an apple in front of your nose blindfolded, you couldn't tell it was an apple. Well, it's I mean, it's just not good. Like, cause like for example, there's been times where people. I remember there was a time where a dude like left a Big Mac out for a year and then ate it and he didn't get sick and there was no like bacteria and shit on it. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not food. You know, it's other times where they've been like, oh, we, we left this on the ground to see if ants would eat it. And ants was like, fuck no. Like, oh, we're not eating if food. Ants turn it down. That ain't no joke because ants, you, you get ants in house. You can't beat them niggas away. Yeah, we're not eating food anymore. You know what I mean? So it's just. I think that's it's just, we're just eating chemical like combinations of things that release certain it, things in our brain that make us addicted to it. I, that's my belief. Yeah. Cause you know, there's cause like every time I do finish like eating a fat boy meal or some shit, I'm always like yeah. have this like, why the fuck did I do that? And that's how it drug addicts so. feel. Like that's yeah. how that's how the dude that shoots up heroin feels after he gets done pumping up a load of heroin. He's like. Man, I know I'm about to pass out real quick from this heroin night, but why the fuck did I do that? I woke up this morning and said I was not going to do heroin, and here I am missing work again, you know? That, that's my thoughts. Anyway, uh, I'm sure somebody had it on YouTube later and not give me credit. Um, <laughs> forget crosswords. Did you guys know that having an orgasm is more effective at giving your brain a workout? Mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. that. But that's if you can get one. Oh, I've been here all week. <laughs> yeah, they're not growing on trees, are they, ladies? No, Sometimes. they're not. For a guy, that's every time. For a woman, can't guarantee it. It gives a, it's whole... a hit or miss, ladies. Am I right? Oh. It gives a whole new meaning to the word brain teaser. Yes, it does. Apparently, orgasms give our brains a better workout than doing a crossword puzzle or Sudoku. The sensation increases brain activity across the whole organ, whereas puzzles activate only relatively localized regions, claims neuroscientist, wait, neuroscientist Professor Barry Kumasaruk. The, ac- the academic who published the first evidence of brain regions involved in orgasms in women about a, almost a decade ago also said the sensation can block out pain. I know, Now, see, I am a leading uh activists in this region i've told karen several times <laughs> i know you think this is hurting i told you your but penis if you let me hit that not it won't hurt all and pain go away it's a scientist karen a scientist said this not me a scientist so fellas i will no, send the link to I this got, article to I, everybody no and uh you just pull this no. up on your phone I, anytime i, I gotta cut my penis can solve that your penis but can't it, solve everything it's son. science karen you mm-hmm. got a hangnail better get some of this dick. exactly <laughs> yeah oh not tonight i have a headache well aren't you in luck i have the headache cure in my underwear right now you are welcome that's what i say when i get done you welcome you, you sell it to her like it's the sham wow mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like i see that your uh yo i see your arm is hurting uh, now now that means when ladies go to bed they're gonna be like no no i'm fine i'm not hurting at all it's like well then we should be able to have some sex no no i feel too good i feel too good to have sex i feel too good i just gave myself an orgasm i'm good right. i'm good no more no more uh not tonight i have a headache you know uh at orga at orgasm we see tr- tr- a tremendous increase in the blood flow to the brain so my belief is that it can't be bad it brings all the nutrients and oxygenation to the brain mental exercises increase brain activity but only in a relatively localized regions 
orgasms activate the whole the professor who works at Rutgers university in new jersey studied women in his laboratory at the university department of psychology i bet he did mm-hmm. he measured the blood hands on didn't he he measures the blood flow to their brains as they reach orgasm the 72 year old researcher has been studying female arousal since the 1960s long time he started his experiments on rats but moved on to women in the 1980s but he still believes there's much to learn we know virtually nothing about pleasure he said it is important to understand how the brain produces it what parts of the brain produce such intense pleasure and can we use that in some way what would that do to depression or anxiety or addiction or pain that's right our penises can cure the world care i am just a man who wants to heal the world yeah yeah that's all Mm -hmm. let me go out and help these ladies my question about the orgasm i wonder if it's uh self pleasure Mm -hmm. or like pleasure with the toy or like uh intercourse like like I, i wonder um is your do your levels read differently for a woman not trying to find according to what 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 you're doing to yourself i don't know it just says orgasm so probably however you get your orgasm exactly helps you out helps you think it's better than a brain teaser it's good for your brain people get your get yourself an orgasm ladies there's nothing wrong with that yeah they didn't have anything to say about men uh so i don't know what that means uh yeah, apparently so this, this guy only specializes in women's orgasms it doesn't take much for guys though. it really doesn't you know it's like oh a strong breeze can help oh! a, <laughs> a strong breeze can help help a man brain learn uh from teasing um but yeah so that yeah that's makes sense to me man I, I really just wish people would uh go ahead and accept the truth karen <laughs> that uh sometimes you really just gotta sit back and go okay that's right now for the first time in a long time well since we started it karen what's up I don't have a fucking with black people today. <gasps> what I happened? I feel like I could have found one, but I'll just. What is fucking with black? Was I on when you guys did that? Have no. I ever... We started a oh. new fucking with black people. Uh, it's basically um, when when something happens in the news or someone comes out and says something fucked up. Uh, and we do the fucking with black people. We have music that we play and. Yeah, I just don't have any. Nobody was fucking with black people today. If if somebody wow. wants to put something in the chat because they found somebody was fucking with black people, I'll feel free to to read it. But uh, yeah, nothing I read today really passed the fucking with black, black people, people test. test. Yeah, so you know, um, can I add one? Maybe you know, I've mm-hmm. I've made Johnny Manziel an unofficial black quarterback. Okay, so and... you think Johnny Football is a black quarterback? Yeah, cause they he's been under so much scrutiny. So well, I, I let me play like, let me play the fucking with black people music then. Well, no, I mean, okay. I can't just have you uh, throwing it out there. So here we go. <laughs> fucking with black people. All right, go ahead, Chris. So Johnny Manziel could be in trouble for signing autographs and getting paid for it. Um, Olympic athletes, if you're in college, they can get money from endorsements. Uh, Guys like Johnny, football, regardless of how rich he is, 
he he's in trouble. He could possibly be suspended for the whole season, lose his eligibility rather. And they just they've been on him so hard and I'm concerned. I'm yeah. concerned. I feel like they fucking with his coach who happens to be black. Yep. I'm just oh, saying. Right. Yep. I noticed that shit the other day. I was like, uh oh, I I get the whole controversy now. Wow. They're gonna fuck this team up and then they're gonna come back later and be like, Should we even have gave that Negro a chance? He clearly can't control his players. And that's how you fuck with black people. So that makes sense, Chris, and I'm gonna count that. So that was fucking now, with black people today. Now Terry says he comes off like a white spoiled brat. Terry in the chat room. You know, there's elements of that too, but uh I just get to the point where when you harp on these black quarter when you harp on quarterbacks a little too much, the way they're going at him, I just feel I feel a certain way. And there's really I've said this to Bomani Jones, when it comes to my black quarterbacks, rationality kind of goes out of the window a little bit, and then I go with the emotion. The way I see it, dude, is if this dude didn't have a black coach, this shit wouldn't be that big a deal. That's my personal belief. As soon as they showed that nigga on TV, I was like, hold up. That's why. (laughs) Because it was like everything. Like, I've been wondering for literally – the better part of a year like why the fuck does anybody care about a johnny manziel and what he does off the field because there's plenty of kids that party hard hell it was like it was seen as a benefit for matt liner remember that oh he's gonna stay an extra year so he could party i mean hey he's up at usc you see those cheerleaders look at him he's out there partying in the clubs he's a freaking superstar and that was yep. seen as a positive. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the black coach got one of these quarterbacks that's as bigger than the sport, and now and now it's got to stop. To now we got to get him back in line. What is the coach gonna do to get this boy back in line? They can't wait to fuck up this guy's program and then be like, "This is why we don't hire him, y'all." And the parents are worried. The parents, the parents are worried. Right. Like it's just like all these sports outlets are becoming like gossip girls. It's just. It's just so like with dead spin, and then you was uh, I, I don't know. Did it? Re- when do you think it started? Was it with like? Uh, uh, I, I, I think um, now I said this a long time ago, man. But the first major thing was um, Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. but I've been saying this for even longer than that. That as soon as TMZ got into like we're gonna actually start following these athletes. Yeah. I was like, all of a sudden, sports are gonna, sports people are gonna start getting left behind on these stories because they don't, they know these things, but they don't to cover them. them. So like, right. there's, you know, there's a ton of the off the record. Like, I saw Michael Jordan come in. He had six white women with him at a bar, and he walks up to me, goes, "What's going on, Mike Lubica? You want one of these white bitches?" And I said, "No, thanks, Mike." And then he walked up to the hotel room. You know, and there's a ton. Like every sports writer back in the day used to have these stories because it's like your local guy in your local town you have to have a rapport that guy gives you interviews inside scoops and you give him preferential coverage and you talk good about him because he's on your team and shit and without fail you started seeing it when when guys would trade teams and move on sports writers all of a sudden come up with the story of ron artest didn't even have on socks or underwear when he was running around the bus you're like well you were there the whole time in houston why is this just coming out because he got traded to la right well i think when tmz first got into sports that was it was bound to happen that they would start breaking stories that sports guys had called off limits. So it was like mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about 
the 17 different women i see with tiger woods i'm just not gonna fucking talk about it because i want tiger woods to give me a, a cover story for sports illustrated at some point um yeah. you know remember Mac, remember when michael jordan got they ran a story where they basically were like yo we have proof this dude gambled his way out the league and got suspended his response was i won't ever do a fucking interview for sports illustrated again and then they retracted it that will never happen post 2000 like like if you did that shit to espn right now they'd be like man fuck you you know how many hits we got off that article you come to us when you're ready to fucking talk about it you come to us because we get more hits off of writing about how you ain't shit yeah. than we were when we were saying you were the greatest player of all Damn. time. And that's but nobody knew he was an asshole until his Hall of Fame speech. I right. mean, you know, co- collectively, like exactly, didn't know. Even in Washington, uh, the guy there was like one article where the guy was like, "Michael Jordan stole my girl," and, and even then, yeah, people. Yeah. People, he still skated by on that because people are just so like, yeah, I don't care, you know? So, right. so, so that's my main thing is like, I think once TMZ and those guys got involved, all of a sudden these other outlets couldn't not cover the shit because yeah. people do want to hear about this stuff. And yeah. what ESPN don't want to do is watch, uh, TMZ get a, uh, a million hits while they only got a thousand because they just covered the game. Not only that, you also have to consider they know that these people are never gonna come. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods is never gonna go. TMZ never gonna interview them, so they don't give a fuck about exactly. covering the story about exactly. you. When everybody else is trying to keep keep the lines of communication open, because why? Wow, I got I got print on you. We, and, and honestly, they couldn't have found a more they couldn't have found a less savvy group of people to hassle at that point, because unlike celebrities. These guys aren't really prepared for intense 24-hour surveillance. True, into like, their lives. Yeah, they're not ready for it. So that's why they were so, like, now they're starting to get less, like, you hear less and less shit about, like, a LeBron James or, you know, like, some of these mellow. Like, they're now savvy where they're like, okay, I got to do my dirt in my house. I can't be at this club doing stupid shit. Like, but but there was a point where it seemed like everybody was getting, now was getting out caught there. up in something because it was just like, Oh, and then uh, Kobe Bryant was dancing with this white girl. She had no panties on. It's like, well, that that picture's out there now, you know. So that's what I think happened. But um, yeah, Johnny Menzel is just uh, a dude that I don't think I don't I won't count him as a black quarterback. But I feel like he's getting that black by extension because of his coach. There ain't enough black yeah. coaches in the NCAA, and. Uh, to to think that this hyper scrutiny on this kid doesn't have anything to do with that coach nope. being black. Ain't that true? Uh I I'm just not there yet. Like I feel like it's got everything to do with that shit. Um Yeah. I feel like if his coach was white, it, he'd be just another party boy and we don't I didn't, think I didn't even make that connection. That's a great connection. I really didn't realize the guy was the coach was black. I just it make it makes me want to watch it even more. Yeah. Uh, so I want to check check more of his game dude I, there was a story about johnny Mizell like missing uh, uh a camp that he was at for peyton manning he like got right. supposedly got hung over didn't make it that shit has nothing to do with his coach like honestly that this is the off season he was at that shit voluntarily and it didn't have anything to do with practicing at the school who was yeah. on tv explaining it his coach and i was like uh-oh i see we about to start making connections right 
because even they've even exempted the parents from this shit where it's like the parents are just so heartbroken and let down that okay okay the parents can't control their child but you expect the coach to control uh, uh, a a grown man yeah it's clearly about to happen anyway uh we gotta play our other game man we can't get out of here without playing our other game that's right guys That's right, guys. It's time for Guess the, the race. race. The number one game sweeping all of America where we read or play clips from news stories and we ask our guests to guess the race of the parties involved. Today's uh-huh. get, today's guest, uh, well, today's contestant is Chris Lambert, comedian, podcaster, actor, and singer. Chris, how's everything going? Everything's going great, Rod and Karen. Thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to have you on Guest the Race. Anybody you want to give a little love to while they're out here listening to Guest the Race? I want to give love to Jessica Parker Kennedy. All right. Um, from the show Secret Circle. She's really hot. Google, Google her. Guys. All right. Jessica Parker Kennedy, you are one lucky woman. Let's play some Guest the Race, guys. Here we go. The chat room will play along. They're racist. Um... Should a bar face a bar Facebook shamed? Okay, so Facebook shamed is a is a verb in this sentence. Oh, a bar Facebook shamed a man over an unpaid one hundred dollar tab, and then the man got jailed. Ooh, <laughs> that that could go. What whose race are we guessing? Guessing the race of the guy who got jailed. This could go either way. This could be a black guy or a Jew. All right, let's look at let's look at, let's look at the clues. Should you should you happen to be thirsty? Well, some people want to play to win, and I like that you came to win here, Chris. Today, should you happen to be thirsty and wander into the Brewers cab- Cabinet or Cabinet, the Brewers Cabinet Bar in Reno, Nevada, in the next few days? I have a suggestion. Please pay the bar tab. This seems to be uh, some excessive basic advice, but uh, apparently, some people are not heeding the basic advice that was given uh reno police as well as a local business owner are looking for a man who's allegedly skipped out on multiple bar and restaurant tabs in downtown uh reno lieutenant amy newman with the reno police department employees at the brewer cabinet filed a police report after saul zelaz nog oh oh shit you said the person's name is saul saul zelaz nog Dog. skipped out on his bail after filing the police report a co-owner at brewer's cabinet posted a picture that an employee managed to take of zelaznog on facebook with a message warning other local businesses about his habit of dining and dashing at the restaurants and bars including imperial campo and chapel tavern confirmed that they had the same problem with zelaznog nick meyer a manager at campo says you know it's really important and unfortunate that we put faith in people and they don't always pull through. It makes it harder for us to trust everyone else. Sean Stitt, a bartender at Chapel Tavern, says, unfortunately, this is a very, un- this isn't uncommon. It's something you have to deal with. There are certain ways we take precautions for it. However, sometimes people are clever and they get away with it. Bartenders say once the bill comes, the last knock, 
claims he doesn't have his wallet and then eventually skips out on the bar wow people who are trying to stick it to the man or whatever they're trying to do they're hurting everybody by leaving without paying um so yeah uh he was arrested and he's on probation violation uh on the probation violation he's currently booked in the washington county jail no court date has been set at this time guess the race i'm gonna go with juice slash white dj jaffa said don lemon (laughs) all right let's check the chat room and see what they believe his race is kim kardashian's distant cousin plus he was already on a domestic terrorist list so they were just looking for a reason. Oh. Don Lemon fan club member, white. Skipped out on multiple tabs in the area, white. As white as the devil's reflection. Oh. Fuck all this money, white. The correct answer is yes. white. White. He's a white, white man. Um, I'll put the put the article in the chat for you guys to confirm for yourself. And Chris got it right. He did look like he had yeah. a little bit of that Armenian in him or something like that. So let me... uh. Give applause. Everybody got it right. Great opening round. Did anybody get it wrong? Mm-mm. All right. So everybody, everybody got it right. right. All right. Good job on the racism, everybody. Um, <laughs> a man was charged with stealing body wash while drunk. Oh, snap. A man was arrested August 1st at 8.35 p.m. for stealing from the Prince Frederick Safeway. After deputies stopped a, a vehicle on Sark Court that matched the description given by store employees. The driver, identified as Kevin Christopher Brown, 45 years old, of Prince Frederick, was found in possession of stolen items. $75 worth of body wash along with a hand basket belonging to the store. Brown was arrested by the DFC P. Wood and charged with theft less than $100. Brown was also charged with possession of marijuana less than 10 grams negligent driving driving on a suspended license and driving while under the influence of alcohol guess the race of kevin christopher brown i'm gonna say white but who steals 75 who steals body wash he probably has some pants too probably has some what karen some pants i was joking about before what what do you mean oh for safeway yep (laughs) yeah so safeway pants and some body Mm -hmm. wash that's why i was under a (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars mainly like I'm not going to say black people don't use body wash, but like this, the, the racial stereotype is that white people don't use washcloth. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that I'm just going to go with the, that a white dude, he's white. Okay. Old buddy says, get this black dirt off of me, white. The color of Michael Jordan's eyes should be white. <laughs> <laughs> Two snaps in a circle, Jigaboo. Oh, snap. P-word. The Old Spice Man, black. Anthrax, white. Black. A lot of... This is very divisive. Very I know. Charles Mix, ain't it? Um, the Old Spice guy kind of changed the game. He he, he, uh, he changed it up on us. So it, it, that, I think that's why we see this uh, mm. well, line of partation. The, cor- the correct answer is black. He was, he, he was a black, black man. Y'all. It's in the chat room right yeah. now. Some, yeah. Check it out. Some people got it right. Everybody uh, got it right. Give yourself a round of applause. Uh, and those to, who to got, Chris and everybody else. Who got it wrong. 
Crowd is not pleased. Crowd is not pleased. How dare you think that brothers can't sit around and body wash and luxuriate their skin and exfoliate? Hmm? Is that what's wrong with y'all? Gotta get that racism about your soul. A uh, woman called 911 to complain about a traffic ticket. You know, you know how that goes. When you're getting a traffic ticket and you call 911 because you're like, fuck this shit. Uh, I'm not going to take this ticket. Let's see if I can get uh, get this article to play real quick. But uh, her name is Freda Johnson, if that helps at all. Helps you guess. Oh. Wow. 911 on the cop who was trying to give her a citation. And of course he gonna get the beat because you, 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 you just called 911? Yeah, I did. The 50 year old Boynton Beach. Boynton Beach. Oh, Florida! <laughs> Woman was stopped by a police officer on Northeast 11th Avenue. Because she wasn't belted in, according to Boynton Beach Police Arrest Report. It was Tuesday afternoon around 3.25 p.m., and the officer had just printed out the citation to give to Johnson. He approached her car to find her on the phone over the police radio. Dispatch officer told Johnson had called 911 to complain about me writing her tickets. I looked at the defendant, and I asked her if she called 911. She told me she did, and when I asked her why, she told me because I was writing her tickets. Standing again, the seats belt. Ah. It's like she was trapped in a time loop. Instead of getting a seatbelt citation, Johnson was arrested and booked in Palm Beach County Jail on misdemeanor charges of misusing 911. Chris has guessed black for Freda Johnson. Yeah. Let's see what they guess in the chat room. So damn black, she got arrested for calling 911. Trying to use the white man's 911. <laughs> One who was impressed by a man taking her to Applebee's. Oh. <laughs> what race is that? I'm assuming black. 
replace my teeth with watermelon seeds black two chains illegitimate sister <laughs> black because she got arrested sounds like chill's distant cousin oh one born with privilege tattooed on her backside white galactic grasshopper <laughs> it's like moon cricket yeah freda is a sister come on dog freda black the correct answer is black Black. I think somebody got it wrong, baby. A couple people asked white. <laughs> Don't let the privilege fool you guys. <laughs> that was a sister. Yeah, it was. It was like only a white woman would call the police on the police, and we all were wrong. Sisters do it too in Florida. Um, of course, now it's time for the bonus round where everything is worth double, double the, the racism. Double the points. Double the racism, double the points. Chris, you ready to play some bonus? Guess the race. Let's do it. All right. Wait a minute. Is this the right one, baby? Yes. Okay. Like I'm about to say, that sounds like the same music played the first time. Then I must have played the wrong music. This is the first music. No, no, no! Don't this we got to fucking with black people? Okay. This is get. This is guess the race. Oh, okay. And this is. There you go. So if I play something wrong, then my bad. But that was oh. double the racism points right there. Double okay. the points. A get Balti- back in the game, Chris. Baltimore, right. the city of Baltimore. Black. All right. Let's go to the chat room and see what they think. Uh, <laughs> A Baltimore grandmother was arrested and charged with murder, child abuse, and related charges after she allegedly admitted rubbing methadone on her grandchildren last month to help them sleep. (gasps) According to Baltimore police, Tawanda Reeves was charged with second-degree murder, child abuse resulting in death, first- and second-degree assault, first-degree child abuse, and reckless endangerment in response to the incident. Police said the officers responded to the home around 4.15 a.m. July 5th and observed medics performing CPR on a 17-month-old baby boy. The child was transported to an area hospital where he was pronounced dead at 4.52 a.m. At 2 p.m. the same day, investigators received a phone call from the hospital that a 5-month-old girl from the same family was admitted and given a toxicology test which came back positive for methadone. That victim was in stable condition. According to police, Reeves confessed to having rubbed methadone on the gum line of both children. She said she put her three children to bed around 8 p.m. July 4th and checked on the children around 2 a.m. when she could hear the boy snoring. She got out of bed around 4 a.m. to turn off the air conditioning and discovered the boy was not breathing. Police said she immediately brought him into the living room where his father was sleeping on the couch. She called 911. The operator walked her through how to perform CPR. Police added that on July 31st, the state office of the chief medical examiner determined the cause of death was methadone intoxication and ruled the death of homicide. So Chris is going. You sticking with black, Chris? Yep, Tawanda. If, if, All right. Let's check the if chat room. Black, Damn, they threw the book at that negress. <laughs> Avon Barksdale's auntie. Oh. French, what, ghetto French gourmet first name, blacker than 100 midnights. Ba- Baltimore to Wanda Black. <laughs> Redneck. All right. Well, the correct answer is Black. I think, I think, I think everybody got that one right. Some of y'all got back in the game yourself. with that one. Congratulate yourself. 
But one person said redneck. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you think they were no. trying to be funny, though? Nah, they probably thought meth and thought redneck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty so bad. that's that's my I guess. I was hoping. Oh. Yeah, well, you were wrong. A family love triangle, people. Are y'all ready to get into a family love triangle? Okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> all right. The mysterious arrest of a Grand County Sheriff's deputy in July turned out to be the result of a fit of rage after he allegedly caught his father, the Moab fire chief, in bed with his wife. Oh, snap. Timothy T.J. Brewer, 33, has since been charged in 7th District Court with misdemeanor counts of assault and assault on a peace officer. The detectives will, the details were laid bare Friday after the release of a Moab police report obtained by the news website site Talking Points Memo. According to the report, Brewer sent his father, Wesley Corky Brewer, to the hospital and assaulted his wife after he caught the two having sex in the bedroom of one of his children on July 11th. Damn. Granddaddy was doing it in the children's bedroom with the mother of the children that he was not married to. She told investigators that Brewer then left and got a pistol, which he pointed at her, but ultimately used the pistol with his father. Doctors also treated Corky Brewer for a stab wound and a broken rib and a collapsed lung, but police reported that the stab wound may have been self-inflicted. Corky Brewer was life-flighted to St. Mary's Regional Hospital in Grand Junction, Colorado. The investigation into the stab wound and other aspects of the case has since been turned over to the Utah County Sheriff's Office. According to the report, Moab police were first called to the emergency room of Moab Regional Hospital where Corky Brewer was being treated. Officers found Timothy T.J. Brewer arguing in the parking lot with his uncle, Kurt Brewer. Timothy Brewer allegedly told the officers to go away and threatened to beat them up. But eventually he calmed down enough to tell investigators about allegedly catching his wife cheating on him with his father. Brewer allegedly admitted that he got angry and beat up his father and said several times that he wanted to get a gun and finish the job. Corky Brewer, meanwhile, was inside the hospital being treated for a knife wound. At one point, while talking to the officers, Timothy Brewer, who was shirtless and barefoot, allegedly took off in a dead sprint towards the hospital entrance with family and friends having to physically restrain him. Officers reported smelling the odor of alcohol on his breath. Throughout the ordeal, Brewer was allegedly belligerent toward Moab officers, threatening to assault them, and at one point calling them dumbass city cops. (laughs) Simple. Keep it simple. The officers nevertheless accompanied Timothy Brewer back to his home from the hospital so he could make sure his children were okay. On the way, the man reportedly broke down crying, saying that he had lost everything. He stated he had lost everything that mattered to him, his beautiful wife, his kids, his father. Well, why the kids? What they got to do with this? Mm. The report says... Maybe because they fucking on the kids' bed. He's like, sorry, I'm not going to be able to take care of y'all no more. It's come on y'all sheets, and I just can't have you stay in here. <laughs> ah! The reporter states that Brewer alternated between calm and rage during the evening, at one point, he decided to walk back to the hospital, but when the officer stood in his way to stop him, Brewer allegedly charged the officer and hit him with his shoulder. At that point, officers forced Brewer to the ground and arrested him. Brewer was booked that night in the San Juan County Jail and was released two days later on a court order without posting bail. Among conditions of his release was the order not to have any contact with his wife or his father. His release documents state that Brewer is now living with his sister and Farron. Guess Aww. the race. Well, see, you did say Utah County, right? Yeah, and I said Utah County. And you said the guy's middle name was Forky. It's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Mormon Book of Mormon White. All right, let's check the chat room. One who do, who refers to diabetes as the sugar, Corky. Huh? <laughs> there are no brothers in Utah named Corky White. I got nothing white. 
nothing better than a good old white man <laughs> black man can't be this stupid wild cocks one who watches disturbing porn well that could be japanese that could be anything that could be me that's nothing but the unseen power of tyler perry beat the browns redneck backyard Aww. wrestling jim bean drinking redneck the correct answer is, is white he was a white man Go ahead and soak it in. And those are guess black. That's right. You got it wrong. All right, man. Now it's time to talk about something that, well, something we always have to talk about here at the Blackout Tips. And that is sore ratchetness, guys. Okay. It's a very serious issue that affects so many people. And yet people just browse by like nothing's happening yeah they do you know it's like hey man people are killing each other with swords out here you know there's people in the streets using guns and knives (laughs) um a man from central naperville has been arrested and charged this is not against the race okay has been arrested and charged with slashing a neighbor's arm with a three foot long novelty pirate sword you see what I'm saying, guys? There's no fucking such thing as a novelty sword. Mm. You know, how novel is it when your they fucking... They all cut. How novel is it when your arm is staring, sitting on the ground staring back up at you? Not at all. Okay, when you're holding a bloody stump, does it look like it's a novelty sword at that point? Does it seem like a fucking joke to you? Of course not. Philip K. Heed is free on bond and awaiting trial in DuPage County Circuit Court in Wheaton on misdemeanor charges of unlawful use of a weapon, battery, causing bodily harm, and battery, again, according to... Uh, according that was to so they charged him twice with it. Yeah, battery causing bodily harm and just regular battery. He also had two D batteries on him. <laughs> he... <laughs> yeah. He, 51, lives on the 500 block. Who cares the fuck where he lives? He lives where so it was. He was arrested at 11 p.m. <laughs> July 4th following the incident near his home. Police Sergeant Lou Camisso said one of his neighbors was in the, his garage where he made eye contact and exchanged words with a male subject walking in front of his house, whom he had seen in the neighborhood before. Camiso said he did not know the specific content of that conversation or whether it included insults or threatening language. I don't know. The man chopped somebody up with a sword. It probably did. I'm just going to err on the cloud of he owned a sword. He probably was talking shit. Of course. The other man subsequently identified as he returned five minutes later and entered the victim's garage with a novelty power sword, ultimately striking the victim and cutting his arm. The metallic sword measured about three feet from the handle to the tip of the blade. Damn. He then left the area and the other man called police. Police investigated and later identified he as the suspect and obtained an arrest warrant for him. The neighbor was not seriously injured. He reportedly lived previously in Chicago and Southwest Suburban Robbins. An examination of court documents revealed he has no criminal history in DuPage. Uh, so, man, just so sad to see people, you know, dying out here. Literally dying, being cut, maimed. You can't even talk to your neighbor. Who's walking down the street? You can't even say, "Hey, man, fuck you!" Without him getting a sword and trying to kill you, does that seem like any type of fucking reasonable response to a, a, a neighborhood spat? Mm-mm. You know, we don't agree over something. Let me cut your arm off because that's reasonable. It's so fucking sad, man. I, this 
It's not a when world where kids. People have these in. weapons. They just they they have them when they have them on their person or just near them. They elevate their they elevate the violence because it just takes it up to another level. I think uh, I think Bomani Jones mentioned that on the, on one of his shows recently, like when we had one of those shootings that we have, and it just that's what I thought about when we were just doing the gun story in Arkansas. Yeah, it's just it's fucking sucks. St. Louis, a St. Louis man who was accused of attacking his friend with a sword was sentenced to seven years in prison Friday. Oh, snap. Just seven years? That's all? You attack your friend with an instrument of death and you can get back out on the streets in seven (laughs) years? I of death. At the time of his arrest, police said that Willie Gavin got into an argument in May 8th, 2012 with a person who he'd known for more than 30 years. You know what can sever a 30-year friendship? A fucking sword. That's why. Yes, it can. Police used a sword. Gavin used a sword to attack that person who was identified only by his initials, causing face and neck wounds requiring over 20 stitches to close. Oh. Mm-hmm. All in the white meat. Gavin pleaded oh. guilty and made a first-degree <laughs> assault and armed criminal action charges. His lawyer could not be immediately reached for comment. <sighs> And and it's not even guess the race, but it's a brother, y'all. Oh, I thought we were going to play because I see we see no, him. No, fuck it. There's no nothing to play. There's no game. There's no game. To play around <laughs> it's not a game, homie. It's serious. People are dying in the streets. Friendships for thirty years are being severed over an instance of anger because you own a sword. It's disgusting. Knives cut so deep. It needs cut, to stop. They cut friendships. Make sure y'all check out my man Chris Lambert at chrislambert.com. chrislambert.com as Karen talks over his plugs. Also, make sure you guys check out his podcast, The Mundane Festival. Um, Chris, man, you got anything coming up that you want to promote if anybody might be out there listening? Uh, just the shows. Listen to the podcast. Validate me on Twitter. Like the Facebook page of... Uh, the podcast and, and ever since you guys gave your stamp of approval the the listenership has been going on and it's getting better and i'm growing as an as a podcaster and it, it's a fun uh it's a really fun process and it's uh i want to thank you guys and as i've always done and uh yeah just check me out if you like me on this you know i there's more of me well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, make sure you guys look out on the site for what, where, when he might be in your town or your area. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in a New Jersey, New York area, you know, get out and see him uh, while you can. Very funny dude, man. He, it's on, he has videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can see him doing a stand-up. Um, and he actually sent me, like, a 10-minute audio of him doing, like, some stand-up one time. And I was like, man, let me play this on the show, open the show. He said, fuck you, Rod. And I said, put the sword down, Chris. And then... We, we were able to talk it out like gentlemen. Um, but also, check out Adam and Eve. Put in the code TBGWT. Helps the show out. Buy some stuff. Get some free shit. Well, don't you like free shit? I mean, come on, man. I do. It's only going to help yourself. Um, and we'll be back tomorrow at 5. So we'll see you guys on Spreecast then. So until tomorrow, I love you. You too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>